Welcome to the Great Gundam Project. I'm your host, M. Jackson, stop stepping on my spots. Welcome to the Great Gundam Project. I'm your host, M. With me is Jackson. Hello. Hello. If you are listening to us for the first time, this is a Patreon-exclusive podcast where me and Jackson watch every Gundam show ever made. We've done the calculations, and in order to get to the present day, not counting any Gundams hypothetically made in the future, and also not counting, like, SD, SD Gundam, yeah. <laughs> this will take us eight years. Because a little over eight years. It's over eight years. Eight years. Yes. yes, because we're doing two episodes a week in short episodes, uh, and that's, that's just how long it'll take. We m- this podcast will go until Gundam ends, or we do. Jackson, yes. if people have never listened to us before, introduce yourself briefly. I am Jackson. Uh, I am a British non-binary person on the internet. I am like 23, almost 24, and I've been I've been podcasting for way too long. You can tell we've been doing this for a while. Um, I don't know. I, oh, this is a big, threatening question. I don't know how to introduce myself. I'm kind of goofy. I enjoy the anime sometimes. I'm hoping this is going to be a good ride. I am M. Uh, I live in Nebraska. I am 31. I am also non-binary. I don't like anime, but I love Gunpla, which is how I've ended up at this point in my life where I'm doing a Gundam podcast. I want some important context here to say that there was once a time when M loved anime. The time has now passed. Yeah. Uh, so, Jackson, you've never watched Gundam before today, right? No, I mean I've seen like I've seen episodes of Gundam before, but no, I've never watched Gundam before today. I have seen about four episodes of Gundam Seed in my time, and oh, okay. half an episode of Gundam Zero Zero. Okay. Back when I watched Code Geass and Googled as a teen, which anime should I watch? Anything else is the answer. Weirdly, <laughs> in- instead I didn't do that. I just watched Code Geass. <laughs> okay. Um... I have seen Mobile Suit Gundam, uh, Gundam 0079, if you will, uh, which is the show we're going to be covering today and for the foreseeable future. And I've watched like two thirds of Zeta, something like that. Um, But yes, we are going to be watching everything. These will be weekly episodes. Uh, As Jackson said, we'll be doing two episodes every one of our episodes, 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 episodes. Uh, 
And we have not watched the Gundam in advance past where I said I've watched. And we'll yes. be going in release order. So this is not like a rewatch podcast. We're not Gundam experts. We're not going to be talking about the ways in which like 08th MS team ties into the show <laughs> we're about to be talking about. We are just going to be watching Gundam as if we were children in 79 Japan. And we really liked robots. And we grew into old men who still really liked robots. The, most of this is true. <laughs> Only a few details have been changed. Yeah, no, you know, just, uh, you know, those two guys in Tokyo Drift who were like just fishing while he's trying to drift and are like secretly the guys who invented drifting. That's going to be us. That's us, but about <laughs> giant robots. Yep. Uh, so, yes, the that is the breakdown of the frequently asked questions uh, two a week and release order. Do not tell us to watch something that is chronologically in advance we know we've done this we're not going to do the compilation we, we, we might watch them on our own time but we are the full series so in i will order. i will 100 percent watch the compilation movies and make the call as to whether or not we should cover them for this okay yes we'll probably mention that we've watched them but i meant like we're not skipping episodes yeah we're no for watching sure. the full seasons and we're doing them in the order that they were aired yes um Outside of that, if you want to support the podcast, maybe you you know just heard this episode because someone retweeted it or whatever, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash mapping. You might already be there and uh, watch this episode. Future episodes require you to support us for $1, but you also get like access to well, all of our other podcasts are free. We do a bunch of other podcasts. Uh, we'll plug them at the end of this, and then we never have to plug again because everyone who's listening is already supporting us. It's this is true. a plug-free zone after this episode. It's great. Uh, it means the episodes will be about five minutes long <laughs> that is not true that is uh not true. and um you know a support us we have different levels but we wanted this to just be like a way to get sustainable support for our podcast network so only a dollar gets you this episode you know we're not charging five we're not fancy yep come on in enjoy the gundam if you have not watched gundam before this is this is perfect we like like we said not gonna uh not gonna go go ahead of ourselves or talk about oh eight ms team or i don't even know what that is stardust something gundam there's big yep. robots. if, if, if you're a gundam expert please don't spoil us yes. uh just enjoy being mad at how wrong we are when we guess at what's going to happen in the future or whatever because we will be doing that and yeah. please do not add us with oh my god the thing in three episodes time you're gonna love it just just let it let it be and the journey will happen naturally you could probably uh, like DM me or something, but don't don't do that to Jackson. It makes them nervous. <laughs> makes me very nervous. I get very overanalytical about dumb stuff like this. Yeah, I'll just enjoy the anime. I I can do that. So that's <laughs> can it. You, can do you, you, you just want to you just want to talk about our two episodes, Jackson? Or we should do background. Actually, we should do a little bit of background about the show. This is just going to be me reading Wikipedia. Are you ready for me to read Wikipedia at you? <laughs> Please pay for our podcast where we read Wikipedia at you. <laughs> we'll be talking about the episode soon enough. But, you know, in case someone has never watched Gundam but still wants to listen to us talk about Gundam, I do that for some things where I never experience the thing but enjoy a podcast about the thing. It's true. We have both done that multiple times. <laughs> so... Mobile Suit Gundam was uh, aired on Nagoya Broadcasting Network in 1979. It is directed by Yoshiyuki Tomino. Uh, it is the beginning of what was soon to become forever an infinite amount of years of content. But the original Gundam was actually canceled uh, at episode 43 because it wasn't very popular. It only became popular because of Gunpla and because of being re-aired in the 80s. Go figure. Um, that's kind of it uh gundam uh is like a 
portmanteau of gun and freedom, which is maybe the most hilarious thing in the world. Yes! Now, it was originally going to be called Gun Boy, which is also a terrible name for anything. Imagine. We would have... The culture would be different. (laughs) Yep. Because it wouldn't... uh, Gun Boy, fuck off. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of it. We're going to take a short musical stinger break, and then we'll be back for the first episode. First episode we are covering today is the pilot. I, you know, do animes have pilots? Is it called a pilot when it's anime, or did they just make the series? I feel like cartoons can't have pilots by their very nature. I mean, they can. Pilot episodes of cartoons happen all the time. Hmm. You know, I guess they do. Like, I know for a fact the anime and well, it's different now. But I know like manga has pilot episodes or pilot issues. Okay. This first episode is called Gundam Rising. Yes. We are presented with the landscape of Universal Century Year 0079, where everyone has gone to Earth, uh, gone out off of Earth into space stations in the, I assume, intervening 79 years, though they say it's been half a century. So I don't know. 79 is not half of a century in any context. It's been half a century, you know, 79 years. Yes. Uh, Xeon, which is on a the like space station that is furthest from Earth, has created a principality. Uh, we'll learn more about them later. And they have declared war against the Earth Federation, uh, which was a terrible bloody war in which half of the population of Earth and Xeon was killed in the first month. That is a big bummer of an opening like point. <laughs> yes. Uh, Just, people lived in fear of their own actions, Jackson. People uh, people were horrified of their own actions. <laughs> <laughs> we're using two different. Uh, I'm watching on the Blu-rays. You're you've got some like fan subs, yep. and they're they're both good. They are. We we did a make sure. We made sure, and we like lined them up together. Uh, and there's just slight differences, but they both seem completely competent. Yep. Uh in since then um since everyone was afraid the war has been at a stalemate for the past eight months and that's kind of where we open up where everything is bad all the time half of half of the population of humans are dead jackson half of the entire population (sighs) yep it happened nine months ago everyone is dead what's that's like a jump cut genocide times a thousand yeah no i know just in the opening monologue god damn so we open with three Zaku, which are the grunts of the Xeon forces. They are mobile suits. They're green. They're like the most popular. They're, they're to me like the default mobile suit. When you say a mobile suit, I think of a Zaku. They are the iconic Gundam. I know they're not a Gundam, but when I think of Gundam, I often think of Zaku. Like I either think of the Gundam or yes. I think of Zaku uh, because they're the like the big mass produced uh, Xeon model right now, right? Yep. They are infiltrating Side 7, which is kind of an off-the-beaten-path, uh, one of these giant space stations that are like everyone lives inside the cylinder. Can I just get a quick, just a quick bit of context about what the yeah. sides are? Because it, the monologue doesn't make it clear. It's like they went into these orbital space stations, which I assumed were orbiting Earth, but that they're, they're not. They are alongside Earth's orbit. So, like, so, so it, it, seems, it sounds like some of them are orbiting Earth okay. and others are orbiting in the orbit in which Earth orbits the sun. It's based on this like scientific principle um, called, where's the thing again? Uh, 
Lagrangian points where to like preserve power and like align everything with the gravitational forces of like being in orbit with a planet. Like you can be positioned at various places along that orbit. So like Xeon is like literally equidistant of earth in theory, I guess, according to science. And then there's other sides that are like at like the two thirds point between Xeon and earth or whatever. And then there's probably ones that are like closer to earth in its orbit. Um, and there's like stuff on the moon. We'll get there. Understanding this got me, uh, was was how I was able to finally conceive of how they could like fight a war between two two things that are like it's not leaving the solar system and it's barely leaving Earth's orbit. Like it's not. I, I'm sure things will get more crazy as Gundam progresses, but it is only seventy nine years after leaving Earth, and this understanding how the science works made me understand this like scale of the places and how they're able to be so separated. So yeah, I'm, Zeon's I'm, a long ways away. Yes. I'm able to understand that more, and I feel like that is key information to have right at the top yep. about how Gundam works. So uh, the pilot of the like lead of this infiltration Zaku group is called Slider, right? No, Slender. Slender, sorry. You're right. Sorry. You're right. And then that's just me messing up. That's not translation stuff. I just couldn't remember. <laughs> I didn't write it down in my notes. I have notes of what's happening here. Yes. So they're infiltrating because they received reports that the Earth Federation have, like, plans for their own mobile suit. Because only Xeon has mobile suits at this point. Um, and they're like, oh, we need to go get those plans, see what they're doing, and, like, steal them or destroy their research or whatever. They're, they're going to figure out as they go. Um, and they are being uh, observed by Char, who is passing through on his spaceship. Char is just there by happenstance and luck. He is, like, hot shit ace pilot of the Xeon forces and he's just like oh I was passing through and I'm going to observe their infiltration and be sneaky because that's what Char does uh, Char is uh, dressed in red and is clearly an upstart type and uh, we'll get to him more uh, he mostly just stands around this episode yep I like it a lot one of my favorite things about anime is how much people stand around and that's not an, uh, that is not <laughs> that sounds me being flippant but I am a big fan of whenever anyone stands on a bridge and goes like ah oh, they've moved their thing this many degrees we have to adjust that is always always a top pleasure of mine so i'm told i'm gonna to enjoy gundam so the interior of side seven is like or all these sides i guess is basically like these, these there's these giant cylindrical space stations where there's just like villages and fields and houses and stuff inside um and inside seven lives a boy named amuro ray whose father helped develop the gundam project or project v as it's known right now um and uh, we open with Frau Bo, who is clearly like his like best friend in childhood or whatever, and a little robot named Haru coming to see him because Amuro is like not eating and busy researching and just being kind of oblivious. And I think this is interesting in the context of where we're going to get by the end of episode two in that. I feel like Amuro is like presented as like, he's like a studious, like forgetful science type, but actually he just feels like he's probably like deep in denial about the fact half of humanity has died nine months ago. Yeah, like, it's not, he's not shown as a nerd. He's not shown as someone who's like, oh, I'm super into these, this science stuff because, oh, he loves science. He just doesn't think, he's just, like, he's kind of shell-shocked at the start of the show, even before anything, quote-unquote, bad has happened to him on frame. Yeah, to the sense, to the, to the point where, like, everyone is like, oh, Amuro, he's kind of, like, disconnected, and everyone just kind of works around it, cause, like, realizing that he is clearly not dealing. It's not like explicitly remarked upon but that's clearly how everyone is acting yeah uh and i th like i think that is interesting in the way that 
Gundam is kind of going to be the Rosetta Stone of this genre and the many, many years of completely dysfunctional shell-shocked boys that are to come. Uh, and how like definitely present it is at the start here, but definitely backgrounded as well. Like it's not the show isn't dedicated to oh here's why Amuro can't function, but he has to get in the robot. Yeah, it's just like it's just a reality of the bad times that are recurring because there's so many. First episode is 22 minutes, just an episode of anime. A lot of bad stuff goes down. <laughs> uh, yes, instantly as they're like driving along to like meet with his father or whatever. Um, the Zakus find the Gundam parts and everything and decide to destroy them, uh, which leads to a bunch of explosions happening and chaos ensues immediately. Yep. Um, Charles, Charles really mad about this because he's like, God, damn it. Like, we had a really good research mission going here and you just got opportunistic. Yep. Uh, and so the Earth forces decide that they need to, like, like scramble everything immediately. They had, like, a... There was a ship that was just like docked there, like called the White Base, which is a big white ship uh, that is very famous. It's in the opening. Uh, and they're like, we need to load the Gundam on here. If Zeon knows about this, we need to get it out of here immediately. And so they are beginning preparation to do that as the Zeon f- forces are like already trying to destroy the Gundam parts. Um, in like the evacuation and the chaos, uh, Fraubo's family just gets fucked up and killed immediately. <laughs> it's a really messed up scene like it it was very affecting because the way it happens is uh amaro and fraubo are like running away uh and a shell or an impact or an energy blast i don't know but there's a big explosion behind them from the attack uh and frau just goes flying and then amaro is like oh fuck is she dead and like waking her up and like slapping her and saying you're stronger than this pull it together you're gonna be okay uh, and so you think, oh, it's this really sad scene about these two people. Uh, and then instead, what actually happens is she looks behind her and all the people that didn't make it are there. And it's all her family. Like, she's like, mom, grandma, anyone. And they're all dead. They're all dead. Yep. It's so sad. Uh, in this confusion uh, or like around the dead bodies is like a soldier who was carrying a plans that his father had and is dropped. And Amuro looks at them and he's like, oh, this is what my dad was working on. This is the mobile suit that he's been busy creating. And like literally lying in the dirt as like a war is happening around them. Amuro just reads the Gundam plans, which is the most Amuro Ray thing to do. I feel like immediately <laughs> he says like classified materials and there's like a half second beat. And then he opens it and starts flicking through and it's really funny. Oh. Uh, so everyone is rushing around and it is just chaos all over. And, uh, like the pilots, uh, the pilot of the Gundam who who had these plans was, I think that's where he picks up the pilot was killed. And so Amuro's like, oh, if we need to get the Gundam out of there, then I need to climb into it because I understand these plans well enough to figure it out. And so Amuro climbs into the Gundam as the Zaku are happening and the Gundam wakes up and the Zaku are not prepared for the might of the Gundam because even though Amuro doesn't really know what he's doing, the Gundam is like an exponential leap in technology to where they can't even like damage it or fathom how it moves. Like it is able to do hand-to-hand combat in a way that is implied. The Zaku's cannot like from the jump. Yeah. Uh, so he starts by firing these head cannons or these machine guns at its head, uh, but eventually is able to make it stand up. And it's, uh, it's definitely portrayed as more um, like organic than I thought. Like the Gundam wakes up. As much yeah. as Amaro makes it stand up, like there is a mm-hmm. connection between it's, well, it's not. They, they talk. The, they talk about when he's going through the plans that the gun, the Gundam has a learning computer. Yes, that like it's implied that it is like the new thing that the Zaku do not have. Yes, and the Gundam is able to like stand up and rip off 
part of the Zaki's like technology. Like it looks like would what would be on a human uh, a breathing tube, but it's yep. not because it's a Zaku. Uh, uh, and it's hang on, it's Zaku, isn't it? If I say Zaku, I'm going to be mocked relentlessly. Zaku, yeah, Zaku. <laughs> For my Britishness. Yes. <laughs> um, and just all these Xeon soldiers, all the other Xeon soldiers, like watch as they are completely outmatched, even though they recognize in the Gundam that uh, it is, or the Amaro is terrified because it's not making any sense. It's not being controlled logically, but it's so much more powerful. And it's basically about Amaro, like realizing, oh God, I'm in a death machine. <laughs> And yes. that's good because I get to survive, but now I've killed people. Well, so he pulls out, because like he doesn't have any guns, because all the guns were like messed up in the attack. And so he pulls out the like beam sword that's in the backpack of the Gundam and uses it to destroy a Zaku. But the, when the Zaku's engine explodes, it's like a devastating like meltdown of its engine and it blows a hole inside Seven, which just causes, like adds to the chaos. And like everyone, like there's like you know, there's like air is escaping and everything is fucked up. And so he has to carefully destroy the next Zaku. Uh, Cause he, he's like, I, I can't let the next engine blow up because side seven can't take another hit like that. So I have to pierce the cockpit and only kill the pilot. Yep. And he manages it, but it's not good for the boy. Yeah, no, he is immediately having to like choose to murder a man, not just defend himself, but like precisely kill a person uh, because the weapon is too devastating to just be demolished. Fuck you trolley problem. <laughs> and that's kind of where we end where he like you know he kills two of the zaku the third one uh controlled by slender scurries off and on the bridge uh of the ship passing by char is like well this all sucks let's just blow the whole thing up and shoots <laughs> missiles at side seven as we end the episode and that's the end of the episode yeah it's a big it's a big opening it's yeah. uh it is hard with anime to introduce everything in the first episode because it's so short at 22 minutes um especially on a show like Gundam, which I know is a big ensemble show. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot has to happen. And I was surprised at how effective, like the emotional beats were throughout. Like the, when uh, all of uh, Fraubo's family die, that's messed up. It's really sad. Like it actually gets you. And the bits where the Gundam stands up and fights back are really good. Uh, I I don't know. I really, I I really liked it. Turns out Gundam's pretty good. Don't mean to shock you here. Weird. Weird. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I was saying to you after watching it was because most of my anime watching has been recent stuff, and even like the older stuff has been in the 90s anime, anime doesn't look like this to me, and I think it's really cool. You can feel the fact that this is something that has been physically animated. There are moments where characters move along the background, and you can tell it's uh, like panes being moved across backgrounds that have been painted. It feels like a physical thing that you are watching in the way that... Even even later anime before digital animation didn't feel like that. Just in animation trends. Uh and I really appreciate that. Like there's a there's a moment where uh before the, he reads the classified materials or the, the Gundam base is like attacked, and the explosion just changes to a completely different art style for a shot because they decided to just hand animate it that way. And it's very effective and something that would never happen anymore. Yeah, no, uh, there is, and there are moments in this show where you can, like, see the, like, roughness of, like, the line work in, like, Mm -hmm. the in-betweens and stuff, and it's really, there's just, like, a very, like, handmade quality to this show that, I have never watched an anime that's quite this old, like, I feel like my, like, old shows I've watched start in, like, the late 80s and early 90s, and there's, there's something very special about this to me, just because of its vintage. 
Mm-hmm. And also because it's like, it is a TV anime from the 79, but it is also popular enough to have been preserved and we're watching really high definition Blu-ray copies. Like that's yeah. a very specific aesthetic that is not the one of what the show would have been at the time, but one I appreciate a lot. Yeah. No, it, it, it looks great. This is a very attractive looking show. Like it, it does not, it doesn't not look dated, but uh, it, it looks incredible. I was, because of how timeless the like actual design of the Gundam is because of how influential it's been. The thing yeah. I wasn't prepared for was how the actual show is just this very deliberate retro 70s sci-fi aesthetic. Like look yeah. at those cars, look at those houses. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It, it, like, there's a very specific like design principle to it, and yeah, the Gundam does mess that up because the Gundam itself is like a very iconic thing that like there's always a Gundam in every show, basically. Yeah, and the Gundam just looks like a Gundam and still does. So, like, the reality of watching the show and being like, oh right, it's from the fucking seventies, and he's there in his vest with his seventies hair in his seventies future house, getting into his weird orb car, like. Yeah. <laughs> And it just hits you and you're like, oh, this is great. This is a much more specific and real thing than it was in my head when it was just this abstract classic that everyone said was good, which is the thing that happens whenever you watch like an old film that everyone says is amazing. Yeah. The the, the other like add on to that is because everything feels so era specific, but the Gundams feel very timeless. It feels like the Gundam, like the mobile suits themselves feel like they're like from another like reality dropped into this world and no one's prepared for them, which is basically the actual plot of the show, which is great but it definitely holds up really well as that in retrospect because the gun like mobile suits are iconic but the designs of people are not yes uh it is um it's very well served by the fact that it's inspired a lot of stuff uh usually often that works the other way uh not usually but it does often work the other way but here there's there's that there's also the fact that there are multiple lines like oh hopefully in the future we won't have to keep sending children to die in giant robots <laughs> And you're like, ha ha, dun, 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 dun. and uh, so the fact that you know that these robots are just going to be around forever and the sad teens are going to be around forever works in the favor of this series. Maybe I'll be very exhausted in seven years. Oh, I'm sure we'll be very exhausted in seven years. <laughs> but, That's why we're only watching two a week. Yep. Yeah. So that's kind of it. I want to move on to the second episode because there's more. The second episode is way busier than this episode. And we've already gone on very long on this episode. I mean, that's the anime way. Yep. Uh, So come back after the break for Destroy Gundam. (laughs) Dun-dun-dun. Choo! Choo! So the next episode, Destroy Gundam. Char's missiles hit the white base as it's trying to escape side seven. Everything is fucked. Everyone's running around. Uh, Frau Bo immediately is shepherded into taking care of a bunch of orphans that are suddenly around because all of the adults have died or been evacuated into space, which I guess is as good as dead. Um, they, uh, Frau Bo and uh, Sela, who is another lady, are sent out to go gather any remaining people as everyone piles onto the white base. Uh, the white base is totally fucked because the captain's been injured. And so they're on like a skeleton crew of people who've just been in simulators or training. Everyone's given new assignments. Uh, Char contacts Vice Admiral Dozzle, who is a leader of the Xeon forces, and tells them about the problem. He's like, I need more Zaku, but I'm going to go try to take care of this myself as best I can. The white base, as it's about, or no, not before that. Uh, Char comes in and is taking pictures of the white base, <laughs> taking pictures of the Gundam, taking pictures of everything. Um 
Char is the, uh, super extra, he meets Sela and recognizes her. And he's like, oh, she looks just like Artesia. And it's very dramatic in the most anime of ways. And then he takes off his helmet and she's like, oh, I recognize you. And then he flies away. Uh, and everyone evacuates as everything is going bad. Amuro is... Everyone's like, oh, a kid's piloting the Gundam. And then he is sent immediately back out in the Gundam because there's no other pilots to fend off the, the forces of Xeon as they escape. Uh, so the white base is creating a, like a distraction as the Gundam is attacking people and Char gets in his own gun, his own Zaku, which is a red custom Zaku because he is the red comet, a fast pilot. And he and Slender and Amuro all have a fight in which uh, Char is too fast for Amuro to hit, but Char cannot hit Amuro because, or he can, he can hit the Gundam, but he can't damage it because the Gundam is that cool. Uh, Char has an amazing beam rifle, or Amuro has an amazing beam rifle that kills Slender in a single shot. And Char is so freaked out by this that he's like, well, next time pilot and flies away, uh, as everyone gets on the white base now piloted by children and flees to, I think they say they're going to Luna, which is uh, like the Lunar base, uh, they flee to this base on an, an asteroid. It says, right, I don't right. think it's oh, the right, right. moon, but there's a, yes. there's a, I think it's an asteroid orbiting the, the moon, but there is yeah, definitely okay. some asteroid that they are like, this is the secret base we have re- retreated to, to be the new hope for humanity. Ba-ba-da-ba. Yep. Gundam. And meanwhile, uh, Char's also going to like resupply and get new Zaku and is like, I'm going to get that white base. I'm going to get that Gundam. That's, that's, that's a that's a nice short recap good. of a very busy episode. It's a very busy episode. We put the recap up top so we could get into it because whew, a lot happens in episode two because episode one has to like set up. Okay, the child is in the Gundam. The the robot is fighting. This is what is happening. But here we have to like establish the place. Like it has to establish the white base as a ship that you understand. It has to establish all these other characters and their roles and give them like moments because very few people but uh amaro char and fraubo actually get moments in the first episode but here we have like uh char and Sella get one um obviously amaro gets stuff uh in the gundam this random kid i don't know his name but the shitty guy who's like running away gets like a bit of characterization his the- name is k and he is a he is a major character i know he's a major character but yep. In this, he's just a random kid, um, and I'm clear. Like it's clear as he comes in, like, oh, I know exactly what his dynamic's going to be. <laughs> yeah. So, set, so setting up some of the characters, um, you have Frau Bo, who is like already being like she's going to take care of these orphans because now there's a bunch of like actual children on board, not just the space teens that we are following as like our main characters. Uh, Amro's like the only person who can pilot because there's another kid who's gone through pilot training, but he's only been in the simulator. Um, and then there is Mirai, who is just a lady who's like, I can pilot a ship because she piloted like just like storage ships or whatever. So she's like, I, I've done piloting. No one knows how to pilot. Uh, Bright is the guy who's like taking over for the captain because the captain is bedridden for this episode because he's been fucked up real bad. Um, and then there's Sela, who is very mysterious. And I think that's everybody that we're really given a lot of time with in this episode. Yes, that is, that is the main crew. Uh, and... So one of the things I really liked about this episode um, is how in the first episode at at the start when um, Amuro refused to evacuate or just was being oblivious, he is reminded of the fact that, oh, right, I should probably leave by this car driving past blaring uh, this notice to evacuate. And in this episode, that's now Frau as she is driving in this car looking for more people. And I liked that it... I really liked how concrete the 
Gundam makes makes the like connection between the real world and the world where the fighting happens like i know that's the whole thing with gundam is it's about how war is hell but the ways in which it does that by making a whole world that still exists outside of the context of fighting and we have these characters just going through their own homes but there happen to be explosions around trying to survive like that was super well done uh across these two episodes and i realized watching them together yeah, the uh, I really like the evocative image of those, like the two women and the two cars just driving through this wreckage of a city, like trying to get everyone on board the ship before it departs. It reminds me a lot of the stuff with like the evacuations in Evangelion before yes. like the ship or the city descends. But instead of the city descending, there's like no actual hope. This thing is totally fucked. They just need to leave. Like there's there's no like we could bunker down and survive this. No, the white base just needs to get out of there before everyone dies. Yeah, like there's animals on the side of the street that they're just going to leave. And you get this moment where uh, Fraubo is like remembering just, oh, I'm going to go see Amaro like she just did. And it's a very good moment of making it concrete that this was just a normal place that they know very well until about two hours ago. (laughs) Uh, We are introduced to Char being the most all the time. He's so much. Where he flies into the, like, Side 7 base where the white base is, like, on a jetpack taking photos as, like, dozens of people are shooting at him and he's avoiding all of them. Like, he man like, his camera gets destroyed, but he escapes. And he's just, like, throwing grenades at walls to blow open holes for him to fly through. Uh, Char's a a lot. There's a really good use of a repeated animation for the grenade throw. It has the same arc of the throw and the same, like, door and the same explosion. But what it just ends up making it feel like is that Char is just, like, completely not even caring as he throws these grenades and just kind of floats into space uh there's this he's fantastic he so he's you'll probably know what char is even if you've never or who char is even if you've never seen gundam because you'll have seen him on the internet he's the guy with the hat and the mask it's very iconic character design he's very Um, he's very blonde well no because at the start he i don't think you can yeah but he takes off his helmet and you can see his hair underneath his helmet he is very blonde yes yes but like he keeps the helmet on all first episode and then he is in a spacesuit in the second episode where the mask is still on underneath and the spacesuit itself has like a replica of the outside of the helmet on it, like for the silhouette. Yeah. And so yeah. my assumption is just, oh, there he's never going to be without that. That is like the visual design by which you know Char. But then like a minute later, he just takes it all off. <laughs> but, but like the mask is like a weird like strap that's like attached to his head with like a strap that goes like above yep. the top of his head like dorsally and everything there's oh, something it's... very like dandified about char that makes him like and the fact that he's like like people know who he is they're like oh that's char that's the red comet like he is like the prince among mobile suit pilots which is already like a rare new thing in this universe yeah. and so for him to just be the best at it is like he has the swagger but he backs it up yeah like he gets into the situation with uh sailor and he's like oh this can't be oh is this my sister uh and i'm gonna assume that pro- i've seen anime before they're probably brother and sister that's my guess i don't know I, i'm not I'm, we're gonna have to find out they're brother and sister i'm not doing this <laughs> <laughs> i do like that when she's like stunned to see him his like the way that he gets out of it is he like does like a backflip to kick the gun out of her hand and just rockets off it is very cool <laughs> yeah and it's like a moment where Amaro goes to shoot him because Amaro's like shit there's a pilot there and he just immediately goes behind the nearest wall like his movement into okay tactics mode is very fast it's very good Uh, Char is he rolls well all the time he's great (laughs) when he's flying out of the white base because they realize there's an intruder in the ship 
uh, and they start going like everyone who can fire a gun get a gun there's someone here get them uh and there's just this great shot of everyone all these characters coming out into this uh hallway where char's flying and he's just kind of nonchalantly drifting past all these laser beams yep <laughs> yeah it's half-heartedly throwing grenades it's great. And, and so the white base escapes side seven. And I, it's worth noting we're going to run down the equipment that they have because it is plot relevant because like the resource stretch of everybody is like an important part of the plots of these episodes. So there's the there is the actual Gundam that Amro's piloting. There is the uh, core fighter, which is like a like it, it's Gundam painted, but it's like a fighter jet that the other pilot that has light training is using. And then uh, right before they leave, uh, Amro is escorting the gun cannon onto the ship, which is like it has tank treads and like two giant shoulder cannons. It's like a land based mobile suit thing. Um, and that's what they've got so far. It'll all come into play in future episodes. Fair he warning, destroys but. the other Gundam parts, right? He did. Yes, he, do that. Yeah, because he goes down and like napalms them all so they can't take it. Because like, they have, he just they melts made, everything. They made the decision to just. They have like enough for three more Gundams, but they decide to destroy them rather than risk Zeon getting their hands on them. Yeah, and then they fly off, and Amuro has to confront uh, Char and Slender. And I, I really like that Char's Zaku is just a Zaku that's red. Like it's implied that there's like nothing actually special about it, other than he is an exceptionally good pilot in a way no one else has learned how to be yet. Yeah, uh, because especially in future shows that I have watched, not in Gundam, but just mech shows, the idea of, oh, this is an ace mech and they've got their, this is an ace pilot and they've got a special mech is like everywhere. That is the thing. But I really like that Char's just cool because he's cool. I'm sure eventually Char will have a special mech at some point in the future. Uh, I don't know anything about Gundam, but I'm going to hazard that guess. Um, But right now he's just cool because he's got this really good mech. Uh, and there's, there's a fantastic moment where um, Amaro has the beam rifle mm. and he's basically looking at these four uh, intruders who don't have any uh, mobile suits right now. They're just in space. And he is like, the, even though he is murdered or killed in war, <laughs> probably. Yeah. <laughs> even though well, he's, yeah, like he, he killed two pilots, but he yeah, he's like, I can't shoot these guys. They're just people. Yeah. And then when they get in their mobile suits uh he's way more he's he's better about fighting them and it feels fine with that layer of abstraction oh, fine feels more comfortable with that layer of abstraction but when he has to like aim at just people in space he's like shaking and he's not hitting and the, the shots are going past them and charles like don't move you'll be more likely to hit just stand still while all these lasers come at you yep <laughs> charles so much i understand immediately why everyone's twitter avatar is char yeah yeah, he yeah, and Slender gets totally fucked up, which you were surprised by, and I just didn't think about it because uh, I'm like, oh well, he's not a main character. But you're like, he's named, and I get it. He's named. He has a conversation with Char that's really good for Char's characterization because it's when um, he's like, oh, th- we lost both our units. The thing is too powerful, and with any kind of bad villain, the villain would get angry and say like, how could it be? You fucked up. You've disappointed me, my inferior. You know. Uh, subordinate, blah blah blah. But Char's just like, okay, that's fair enough. We need to order some new ships. We need to do this. Let's go out on this mission. He's very logical and like very polite about it. Uh, 
I like that about Char. Char's cool. Yep. Team Char. And and then uh, the last thing I really wanted to touch on is when Amro gets back in the ship after everything, Bright basically gives him a dressing down for being like a kid who doesn't know what the hell he's doing, piloting the Gundam. He's like, you're the only one we got, but you like you don't know what you're doing. You need to like listen to orders and like do this. And Amro's like sweaty and upset. And in any other anime and in the like the Shinji getting the damn robot way, like this is Amro being like traumatized by this sudden influx of war or whatever. But in a lot of ways, this is like someone finally requiring Amuro to like be a functioning human where he clearly hasn't been in nine months and like him, like coming out of being shell-shocked into being like actually confronting like the horror of his new, like of what life is for everyone now. And I really like that inversion, like retroactively given how every other anime is about this stuff. Yeah. Like the trauma isn't the stuff that the bad thing that happens to Amuro here. The trauma is more just universal because of this fucked up universe. And so being given this purpose is what is like driving him to keep acting. Mm-hmm. And I really like that about it. Yeah. It's cool. Good show. Good show. Yeah. So that is the first two episodes of Gundam. We have so much more to go. Oh, we got so much Gundam. Didn't we work we've taken out our we... first step into a larger world. <laughs> oh, have we? Have we done that? Yeah, we've done that. <laughs> All right. Well, it's crazy. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, we worked out that it will be till January that we were going to be watching Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah. Uh, t- two a week, that makes like 21 weeks, 21, 22 weeks, depending on how we break down the episodes. Yep. There, will, there will be a one, three episode somewhere. We'll probably do it right in the middle because there's 43 episodes of the show. But Yes. And then it's, that's that's it. Yeah, uh, that's we it. don't we don't have questions. We, we we like I guess we'll take questions. You can send questions as always at podcast@normalmapping.com. But because we, we don't, we're not Gundam experts. Asking us questions is probably really not helpful. Yes, I sent out a call for questions, and we got a couple. Uh, but it was the call was under the context of hey, if you don't know what the show is, if you want us to lay down anything about what the plan is, please ask us now before uh, like so we can put it in the free episode. But we covered all the bases. We got a couple questions about like actual Gundam stuff that we can't really talk about yet because it's stuff yeah. about the themes of the se- series. We we didn't miss them, but we we have made a conscious decision to uh, keep everything focused on what has happened and leave the future undiscussed. Yeah. Well- we probably won't put out a call for questions again until we actually finish a series and then like do it at the back end of every show. Yes. That probably makes the most sense. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. But you can always send them and we'll stockpile them. Or if there are things we can answer in the day, we can answer them. Uh, so I think that's it for us. Um, if this is your only time listening to us, Jackson, where can people find everything we do? Everything we do is at abnormalmapping.com. There are a bunch of podcasts there. Uh, we do Abnormal Mapping, which is a game club that has its own URL, thebestgame.club. Uh, Second Officer Slog is a Star Trek book podcast. It's very silly. Please enjoy it. It is at Star Trek Podcast.space. Uh, the Amory Score is a podcast where me and uh, Molly Rhinebeck talk about the ridiculous songs and comics of Cohen and Cambria. It's a crazy journey. I endorse it fully. That is at INeedMayo.com. Uh, and uh, I talk with men. Uh, and I talk with Destiny Sturdivant about mental health at Goof.Zone. That is our other podcast. I am on Twitter at HeadfulsOff. Uh, and yeah, those are the podcasts you can, obviously, obviously, you can support us at Patreon.com slash Mapping if you want to listen to more of these episodes. 
Yeah. Uh, you can find me at em underscore being, and I think Jackson covered everything. We will be back next week in our first Patreon only episode in which we cover episodes three and four. I don't have the titles of them, but whatever. They come in order. It's not hard. Figure it out. There's going to be more Gundam. There will be Gundam forever. We will all be dead before Gundam ends. Amuro, ふりむかないで宇宙の彼方に輝く星はアムロお前の生まれた故郷だ覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ宇宙の果てにきらめく星はアムロお前が捨てたふるさとだ忘れはしない少年の日の誓いを青春をかけ守り抜けこの幸せをアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は寂しさ隠すもの隠すものただ明日へと明日へと永遠に覚えているかい少年の日のことを温かいぬくもりの中で目覚めた朝をアムロ振り向くなアムロ男は涙を見せぬもの見せぬものただ明日へと明日へと永遠に